Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers, breweries, and for this week's episode, cideries to life. This week is episode 131 featuring Caleb Lynn. We came to learn of Caleb through the brew babe and the work that he's been doing with Graf Cider. And it's really just a cool opportunity for us to kind of expand, reach out and meet some new folks. And it's a really interesting episode because two things that happened in college or when he was going, you know, going to school that you can see kind of resonating still to this day in his work. And I just thought it was really cool to kind of put that together. We talk about that. I don't want to kind of give you all the info right now up front because it'll kind of be a little bit of a spoiler for you. But just, you know, learn about his process, how he brings things to life. You know, he does some some writing and storytelling with his labels, you know, literally and figuratively. And just uh, and you find out a little bit more about one of his favorite sports teams. So it's a really good episode. Like I said, um, we're always just kind of drawn to artists and designers, regardless of kind of the what's in the bottle or what's in the can. You know, we always hope that it tastes as good as it looks. And I'm looking forward to October, sober October to be over, so we can crack a couple 12-ounce cans of Graf Cider. And uh, cheers and toast to Caleb and the work that he's doing over there with Graft. So this is a really good one. You can find out more information about Caleb. You can follow along. Uh, Caleb Luke Lynn on Instagram and then CalebLukeLynn.com. Obviously, head over to Graft, Graft Cider, at the Brew Babe. I think during the episode, we kind of fucked that up a little bit and said the Beer Babe, but uh, Caleb is uh, is a star, and he, he he didn't correct us. He just reiterated it with the, the proper way. So, you know, apologies there. Um, but you're listening to 16-Ounce Canvas. Like I said, episode 131. We're in season number 12 now. Uh, remember, you can check us out, 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Things have been really uh, rocking and rolling. We're still feeling kind of uh, the buzz from Hubbub in Maine. If you didn't get a chance to check that out, you can find out some more information still about what you know what went down on all of our social platforms. You can go to theartofcraftbeer.com, and probably within the next week or two, we'll make our announcement for our Connecticut edition happening down in New Haven, Connecticut. Good news on the hardware and logistics front. The new MacBook Pro is in full effect. This is one of our last episodes that we'll probably have to borrow my son's computer to utilize. But uh, the new machine's in. One complaint, it's beautiful, runs well. But yeah, all this new Thunderbird or USB-C, whatever the fuck it's called, I'm not opposed to it. They're smaller. They look a little cleaner. But it's expensive as shit to buy a whole bunch of new cords and what have you. So I just find it a little more, I find it a little ridiculous sometimes. I don't, so far I haven't seen the amazing speed differences. I just know that I have to figure a way to connect my monitor and a few other things. So end of gripe, end of rant. It is definitely uh, exciting. It's going to be for you know, a new chapter. You know, we've... Uh, update already with uh you know our adobe suite and really just excited to to dive in there and uh and to get at it so uh each week we do these episodes we're inspired to try to do more 
try to uh, bring it to new levels. And so this is just another opportunity for us to do that together. And we thank you. We've been reading some of the reviews and ratings on the different sites. And we want to thank everybody. If you haven't a chance to head on over to iTunes or Google or just, you know, our Facebook page, you know, it really, uh, it really means a lot. We're really appreciative of that. And so, um, you know, thank you for everyone who's done that. If you haven't done it, you know, why don't you do that? Just a couple clicks, you know, maybe you don't have to write a lot, you know, maybe just a few pages of how much you really like the show, you know, just, just a few simple things, you know, you don't have to get crazy, you know, a few superlatives, you know, really some, uh, some good feedback and, uh, you know, we're rocking and rolling. We're already, I think we're pretty close to filling up season 13. It's just kind of, uh, you know, we keep this long file and then we got a lot of folks who say they're interested and this is not a, a slight on anybody, just kind of life happens. And so when it's time for us to get the official, you know, video and announcement going for season 13 or just whatever season it is, it's probably been our biggest, uh, you know, logistics part is just kind of the scheduling and getting things locked down. So, uh, you know, look for that. I'd say I'd say the next you know, month or so we'll probably lock that down for you. And uh, you know, as always, my name is AJ. We are at 16OunceCanvas.com, so AJ at 16OZCanvas.com. Shoot an email. If you're an artist, you know an artist, you want to hear about an artist, and just make sure you tag us and uh, you know reach out. We uh, we don't bite. We're not strangers, and we're always thankful for uh, people reaching out and making recommendations. It makes my life easier. And uh, We'll dedicate the episode to you. So, bing, bang, boom. There you go. So, let's get into it. Episode 131, Caleb Lynn, Craft Cider, right here on the 12-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Cider podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Beer podcast. Actually, today, folks, this is our first cider podcast, so this might be The Art of Craft Cider podcast. Excited to be joined with our, no pressure, but uh, our first cider artist, Caleb Luglin who's checking in from Brooklyn, and we just want to, uh, you know, thank you, Caleb, for being a part of the project. No pressure being the first. The bar's set low. Whatever, you know, the whatever we do here will be the, the first of maybe many. But, uh, yeah, we're really excited. Came to learn of your work through Graph Cider and just really wanted to take this opportunity to introduce our audience to you and your unique designs and, you know, storytelling that you're doing through your, your creativity. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah, like I said, folks, it's kind of cool um, where we get down the rabbit holes of the interwebs. We we came to to learn of your of your work through uh, some cider folks that we follow. I b- believe it was uh, actually I think the Beer Babe who is in uh, in the I think the Queens, New York area. She's you know ciders mm-hmm. are really um, helpful for fo- a lot of folks with uh, gluten allergies and what have you. And so I. I she posted a few pics, I think, you know, m- months ago. And then from there, I started following along what you folks should do. Caleb Luke Lynn and CalebLukeLynn.com. You can see what's going on there. And there's a nice uh, feature on SpoonFlower.com as well recently. So that was really cool to see other folks uh, really enjoying and celebrating your work. Yeah, I um, I actually, I haven't met the Brew Babe, but I do follow them on Instagram, and yeah, her uh, her account is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, because you don't really realize, I've had a few friends who, early on, in like post-college, found out they had gluten issues, and there was, there was you know, few to no beers. I think Heineken was one of the only ones that was glutenly accessible, and so now it's just kind of a whole whole other avenue we did an event recently and someone asked and i felt terrible that we didn't have a a gluten option for them 
Um, but yeah, it's it's really really exciting to see and the, the where cider has gone. You know, it's just kind of mind boggling. So uh, yeah, so here we are, comes full uh, full circle. So Kayla, this is the one part where I don't have to do any work. So what is your kind of? How did you find your calling and your love of you know art and design? You know, kind of uh, take us down memory lane. Yeah, um, I've pretty much always been interested in art. Like even you know kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I was already drawing a lot. Uh, my parents, you know, uh, signed me up for some art classes outside of school. So that's been one of those things that's pretty been, pretty much been a lifelong uh, passion of mine. When I was going to college, I briefly debated going into engineering, but my fear of math uh, kind of kept me from doing that. Uh, so I went to art school. I went to um, Maryland Institute College of Art, studied illustration, graduated 2012. Um, I didn't come out of the gate doing illustration all the time. I uh, worked retail and did illustration on the side. And slowly I got more and more work and kind of ramped up. And I've actually only recently in the past two years started uh, illustrating full time. That's a great milestone. I mean, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, that's kind of the the hustle to, to lead yeah, to that. Yeah, it still feels pretty new. So still figuring it out. I, I wouldn't say I'm like super seasoned or anything like that, but figuring it out, chugging along just kind of taking each day step by step. Yeah, now so you went to the sc- school, what kind of what kind of drew you to it? I mean, that's a terrible pun, but kind of what, you know, what was the uh what was the thinking in college? Did you think that you would did you ever think that you got into business for your own this this early? I mean, you're uh what you're doing is kind of your I don't know. I'm really proud like the not that I have any stake in the game, but just kind of it's exciting when to find out that illustration is you know a lot of folks start with the side hustle and now for it to be your your full-time gig is just kind of uh wonderful so i don't know did you did you think this 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 soon you'd be you'd be doing it you know what any how'd you get here well um dirt when i was going into art school i didn't exactly want to do this type of illustration i really wanted to do concept art for video games that's pretty it good. took me like maybe two years to figure out that I really couldn't do it very well. Like I can't make a quote unquote painting in the computer from imagination and have it look really, really good. So I, I think you know, my path has been kind of like a bunch of pivots. I don't know that since then I've had a very strong uh, vision or goal for where I want to be, what I want to do. It's kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it that much in the long term. It's been more of the short term. Uh, what projects can I get? What do I enjoy doing? If I hate something, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean that, that's a lot of a lot of folks who are listening are probably jealous of that. I I, I agree. It's kind of you're yeah, you're living in the moment, and I think sometimes just realizing what you don't want to do is just as important as what you you know want to do. Now, like I said, folks can follow along Caleb Luke Lynn, you know, uh, and dot com on Instagram as well. Um, what? How would you describe your your illustrations and your your designs? Like what you're saying, you know, what you don't like. What what do you do like, and what what are your what are your areas of uh, strength or, or focus? 
I think um, as far as like areas of strength, I work really well with like colors and color combinations, um, also pattern and using uh, pattern to give a sense of depth at this, what am I trying to say? I'm trying, a lot of my stuff, I want to have it both be flat and have depth at the same time. I don't know if that's something that I've actually achieved, but that's what I'm going for a lot of the time. Um, when I was in college, two of, two of the classes that really, really helped me out were actually taking a screen printing class and a pattern making class. So the screen printing class really, really helped me with kind of like limiting myself to let's say like two or three colors and working with flat areas and how do you make the most out of that? And then patterns kind of as like a fun element. Um, just, I don't know. It's just been something I've, I became really drawn to. And so I, that I then try to bring it back into my regular illustration work. I definitely could see the, the, the screen, the screen printing influence in your work. I think that some of the, the power of your work is that it's able to tell the stories of these, you know, uh, pictures and characters, but it's, it really, it uses the different shades of the colors, but it, there's only probably, you know, a lot of them only have probably three or four you know, colors in them and it's really, and it really works and it's still, um, it, they're really strong, strong illustrations, which I really, I really like. And again, it's um, your use of patterns. I think even just in your photography, I think that you see things, you know, in just kind of uh, nature, not necessarily uh, nature themed, but you can see where you find the the enjoyment in kind of pattern combinations or how things are laid out in a certain certain way with the the repetition. So it's uh, I don't know. It kind of uh, explains those two classes having such an impact on you when you see some of your some of your even your non-illustration work, just kind of the photos or how you're seeing things day to day. Yeah, definitely. Um, what you're saying about patterns, I, I feel so happy that you noticed that because it's definitely one of those things where it's definitely a back and forth where I make patterns, but then you know, walking around day to day life, you see things uh, that end up inspiring you as far as, uh, oh, that, like that's a pattern that I had never thought about a pattern in that way. And how can I make that uh, literally repeat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's, I think there's one I was looking at the other day and it, it just, now it resonated. I was like, oh, but I think it was just like a bunch of like eggs, egg and eggs and egg yolks in a bowl. And then the way the yol yolks mm -hmm. all kind of separated from each other and gave themselves some level of symmetry, but without, being a, it was very yeah, and so it kind of makes sense. And a few of them have a little bit of a kind of escher to them. So yeah, it's really yeah, it, it definitely um, it makes sense to make sense when you say that those two classes resonated. I always am envious of people in art classes. I I, I, mean, I went to business school, and some of those classes were were like watching paint dry, and not in the fun art kind of way. It was pretty brutal. But mm -hmm. so the idea of a pattern and screen uh, printing class would be pretty. Pretty great. Screen printing is something that comes up a lot. I think that folks, especially doing like gig posters and whatever, and just the the power of uh, being limited with certain colors, you know, and how that could impact stuff. I like that uh, constraint. I think it allows people to, to get really kind of creative with things. Yeah, totally. Like when when I first got Photoshop and a Wacom tablet and was trying to make art in the computer, you have every 
basically every color available to you. You have all these textures, all these brushes, all of these tools. And when you dive headfirst into that, it's really, really easy to kind of get lost. You're trying to do too much. So uh, really learning to give myself those uh, constraints. It, I, I think that's like something worth exploring for anyone in, you know, in an artistic way. Yeah, I think that like, and you see a lot of these monthly contests or just kind of, you know, vi- like group people working off of a theme, like a word theme and even that constraint where it's like, okay, I have to work, you know, I have to create something for this word or theme today or this month. And I, yeah, we, we get a lot of feedback that, that being pushed to do something that's not necessarily safer or normal is always at at the moment it might be be a little painful but long term it really helps you kind of challenge yourself and you know and, and evolve right totally now are you what you're in your day-to-day are you do you carry on a little sketchbook you know what's what are you what are you doing on the daily to kind of keep yourself fresh um I actually don't carry a sketchbook. I, I made a loose resolution to not have a sketchbook uh, because I feel like sketchbooks make me feel like each page is too precious and I end up like tearing out stuff I don't like. So I only ever draw on loose paper. Um, but uh, like walking around really, I, I don't draw that much. I take photographs, make notes in my head, and then I, I do all my drawing at home. Uh, but really just cycling through different projects is what helps keep me fresh. So doing some work for Graft, uh, even within Graft, we have, they have several different lines and I've kind of figured it out with them. So they have slightly different aesthetics, uh, cycling between that and a few personal projects and some other projects, just kind of rotating between different art styles and approaches helps me not feel like I'm in a rut. Yeah. Now you mentioned before uh, your Wacom. So is that is that what you're drawing on when you're? Is that is that how your your preferred method is to use the, the tablet? Or are you kind of mixed mode? What's the what's going on there at the studio? Most of the stuff I do is just Wacom tablet and Photoshop. Um, there's some stuff that I draw uh, just with a pencil on printer paper, and other than that, I do traditional media, other stuff, very, very, very rarely. Well, the, yeah, the Wacom is a, a lot of folks are adapting to that, and so it's been, uh, yeah, it's been amazing to see what what comes from that um, more and more, especially as they get more more advanced. It's uh, the, the pen strokes, the brush strokes you can get, and what have you. So it's yeah, it's been really cool to kind of f- dive into those. Mm-hmm. I've, and the I, most, I mean, the, really, the, the greatest thing about it is just ha- like going back and erasing and nudging things. That's the, I think that's the hardest thing to give up when you're not working digitally. Is when you draw something, you like how like how it looks, but you just wished it was a half an inch over to the left, and you can't do anything about it. That I think that's really the greatest convenience that uh, Photoshop affords. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. The on the flip side, like the 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 folks who do a traditional, that's that's what I always hear the most is kind of making edits or changes when the client comes back it can be a little little cumbersome or, or or difficult to do. But I, I have a huge admiration for. It, but I'm uh, I think at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I'm definitely 
I'm definitely going towards the feel more on the, on the digital side of things as we've dove in and finally, you know, bought our Adobe subscription. You know, I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to help me too much. I, I can't make myself be artistic, but at least I have a better understanding. Of yeah, that. I could only imagine like really, really in depth uh, traditionally and then getting even moderate edits. Yeah. I think it would be like, really, really, really discouraging. Right, like even, yeah, I mean, even move this person here, move that, or, you know, make this, that, yeah, I, oh, I, I would just cry, I'd be like, I would cry probably, I would, I get to see that being, mm-hmm. where you're saying, you know, you click this layer, hide that, move that here, and, you know, shrink it up, and then you're good to go in 30 minutes, where that might traditionally take, you know, another day's work, but everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody has their process, so. Right. So, you, we, you know, we mentioned Graft, and um, how did, you know, is talking about your clients. How did you come to the team up with Graft and be, you know, do their, start doing their labels? So I, um, I was introduced by a friend of mine who was doing graphic design for a previous company that, uh, the Graft owners, uh, were working with at the time. So I did, uh, just like two or three lettering projects for them. And then they were like, Oh, we're starting this new company Graft. And so I've been with them since before day one, like before they came out with anything at all, we had been working on several cans already at that point. So I'm kind of like, you know, I I go back as far as graft goes back essentially. Um, But it's been a great relationship with them. I'm really, really thankful to be working with uh, Kyle, Sarah and say Um, they're the owners and, um, it's it's been a, a real pleasure working with them because I think we had more we have more chemistry with each other than we anticipated at first. Like we started off doing things this like with just what the aesthetic was gonna be and as time has gone on now we have gotten to the point where we've figured out even specific narratives and backstory and stylistic approaches to different uh lines of cider that they make that's that's awesome that you've been there from the beginning too and uh i don't know you can you can hear your voice the kind of the appreciation and the the growth and and how it really work well together do you do you have how does a typical kind of project work the timeline wise i know you have um we talked before we started you know the I'll just take a step back. So you have the the book of Nomad series, and you said that's more of a, it's a it's a monthly, kind of high higher end uh, cider that they make. That's like seasonal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit higher end than their mainline cans. And book of Nomad, I think, I think each of them is fruited, or at least they have a little more complexity in the ingredients. Like they're starting to get funky with it with various fruits or herbs or i don't even know sometimes uh so it's a little bit higher end it comes out monthly and there's a different series for every season so there's three for spring three for summer three for fall three for winter and each one of those has a narrative and uh I don't even know how many people really follow along, but we do actually write out the stories for it and come out with a little mini comic book at the end of the season. 
Oh, well, that's awesome. Okay, good. So it is. It does yeah. have a little book aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But then the mainline cans are more just a general uh, kind of vibe. Like there's a there's the two main ones that are farm floor, lost tropic, and then there's some seasonal ones uh, that rotate. Okay. Now, from a timing perspective, for for the newer cans or even yeah, the newer cans. Like, how how much time do you do you have between? Okay, we need you know we need you to make this new label, and before it kind of uh, goes out into the into the universe. Nowadays, we're we're doing we're trying to get more and more ahead of things. So um, we used to kind of be more against the wall, but now we're trying to figure our stuff out. And generally speaking, they'll give me a month's notice for something. And I'll generally get them a work in progress within a week and I'll have to final for them within another few days. Um, It's just trying to be ahead of the game, but there have been times where things are really, really pushed. It's more often promotional things because events as they're coming together, they need a graphic for that. So sometimes those I have to turn around really quickly, but the labels, you know, it's, it's better not to rush things. So they, they give me ample time to do it. Oh, that's ideal. Yeah. I mean, obviously nothing's perfect, but yeah, we've, we've heard some horror stories. So I think, I think once everybody's aligned and sees it from a scheduling perspective, I think things can run a lot, a lot smoother. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy you, you have that. are back episode 131 right here on the 12 ounce canvas the art of craft cider podcast Caleb Lynn craft cider what do you think folks I think it's a good one one of my secret favorite questions that we ask is about like timing and project management and so it's always interesting to me just to see how much time and how people work uh, to, to get things done and how things evolve from just kind of where where the cans are now. I think early on it was just such an anomaly and it didn't happen as frequently. And it was just the excitement of getting things in the can. And a lot of the times you hear the stories of just kind of a rush. And I think that that's just getting used to the canning and getting used to, you know, the how that works out with the, the brewing process. And so to... I don't know, to see how it evolves to now have like some of the, you know, in Caleb's case, to have so much time uh, for some of these and to be planning the story and you know, looking out ahead. It just really is, uh, it just shows the appreciation and respect for, you know, that art and for, you know, how important that is for the success of the of the brand and the brewery to to really make sure that the that he and others have that time. So it's not always, it's not a realistic thing that happens all the time. And there's always, you know, things that pop up, you know, literally pop up events or just marketing materials and things of that nature in general. But it's just, um, I really enjoy learning about the process. It's one of my favorite questions that we do ask here. And um, I don't know, if there's questions you'd like us to hear, we're always open to it. You know, we really have a framework that we work from and have been trying to keep that level of consistency. We don't go down sequentially and just like ask the question and then wait and then start the second question. So our hope is that given the framework of the questions, and now we're just giving you a little bit like behind the scenes, 
the hope is that the questions that you know we use, I think our core framework is like 12 questions, is that they'll naturally come up if the com- you know through the conversation and as things flow. And, and if they're not, and if it's not a really flowing conversation and we need to you know pull some of the answers out, it gives us kind of a you know a checklist of things. And sometimes we'll say, nah, that question's not going to work this week, or I don't think that'll you know, really. Uh, get a good output but I would say usually the flow of the conversation the interaction with the artist that majority of them are already crossed off by the time we give it a second glance and there's just some weeks we don't even look at it so I don't know I just thought I'd share a little bit of that with you give you a little, little behind the behind the scenes there remember Caleb Luke Lynn CalebLukeLynn.com Graph Cider 12 ounce canvas here well 16 ounce canvas I don't want somebody listening for the first time I think you're listening to the you know, kind of a, a knockoff or spin spin-off podcast, but me personally, I'd be pretty psyched to find out that somebody was trying to uh, rip us off. Actually, would I? I don't know. We've had folks try to rip off some of our event ideas, and it doesn't really go well for them, but that is all we will say about that. But 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Use the hashtag, you know, tic-tac-toe, pound sign, 16OZCanvas. It's super exciting. We now are at a point where there's so many posts with that that it becomes hard on some days to keep up. If I get caught in a meeting or just kind of life happens, we really try to use the Instagram story, which you know pushes to Facebook, to really showcase some of our previous guests, our future guests, and just shit we think is cool, whether it's you know tattoos. Hey, guys, we either get one. And uh, other artists, you know, graffiti, murals, really just taking the opportunity to, to, to share that information with you. And so it's a, really, it's a good problem to have. You know, 16 OZ Canvas um, you know, on, on Instagram has really kind of exploded, and it's just fun. If you haven't had a chance, you just click on it and, you know, just scroll through and see some of the great people that we've gotten the opportunity to, to learn about, to interview, that we hopefully will get a chance to interview in the future. And so... It's happening, folks. We're you know we're growing organically. You know I'm really really proud of everything we're doing together. Really appreciate all that you're doing, and I'm hoping that you're enjoying this episode. You know as much as we are. Looking forward to sober October being over. Depending on when you listen to this, it might just be a random Tuesday in February. That's cool too. And uh, we're looking forward to enjoying a few uh, graph ciders in the future and checking out what they're doing. Um, and one of the things I was thinking is that I really enjoy his work and I think that hopefully in the future he gets the opportunity to do some murals and you know and, and things on a little bit of a larger scale I think that his work would would really resonate you know especially you know some of those um, you know illustrations and, and stories that he's telling I think they would make really cool murals and uh, you know his love of, of, of patterns and you know screen printing I think it can really kind of bring it all together with uh, you know using the, the power of those two things to, to make a third which would be pretty dope so if you got a wall out there for him, or you know, maybe at a, maybe a graph, we can you know get him while working on a project there and bring one of those things to life. So, you heard it here first, folks. We're just bouncing ideas, throwing them out there. Not sure where they're going to go, but they're in the ether now. We'll see what happens, and we'll keep you updated if we find out that's happening. So, we thank you once again, and let's get back into it. Episode one hundred and thirty-one. Caleb Lynn, right here on the twelve ounce canvas, the art of craft cider. Now, how do you come up with the ideas? Is it do you base it on the name of the beer? Is there a story that they're looking for you to tell? What kind of what's that creative process like with with the with with the cidery? The story is um, 
Well, the funny story behind this story is that I originally was just making labels with what I would say was an implied narrative. So it would seem like maybe it was um, an illustration from a fairy tale, but there wasn't an actual story behind it at all. And uh, fascinatingly, uh, Kyle and Corey and maybe a few other people started making up their own narratives based on my already finished illustrations, which was really, really interesting to see. And then as we started moving forward, the Book of Nomad ones, we now actually tackle for a season. So I've now written two of the stories. Corey, who's a sales rep in Maryland, has written a bunch of the stories, and Kyle has written a bunch of the stories. So um, depending on if I'm writing it or if they're writing it, you know, we figure that all out, and then I start tackling the actual work. But you can, it's, it's probably too deep of a dive to explain right now, but if you really, really dive into them, you could probably tell a little bit of stylistic differences in how we write. Okay. Well, I, I, I think it's pretty cool that there's the stories behind them. And then the book of Nomad, is that a continual story or is it seasonal? How does that, how does that story get told? Yeah. Book of Nomad is, um, is what I'm talking about with the seasonal stories. So, um, the fall one, the chapter one just came out. There'll be two more of that. We just, got the outline for the winter series done. So that will be three chapters. And by chapter, I really mean it. It's a paragraph. It's three paragraphs, but chapter um, sounds cooler, right? The, <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I don't think any of us come from any sort of a writing background. So when I have tried to do it, it's shockingly hard to get that much writing done. Even three paragraphs of creative writing. Now, how far out will you write? Will you write now? We're, we're going. We're in the fall. So, are you? Is the winter story so that you can get working on that, or is that something that once that how far how far out will you will you write so that you can kind of? Because the good thing about the, that one, right? You know, that's kind of like one you know is consistent. We're going back to our scheduling discussion. Do you have? Yeah, yeah. I just got the uh, winter story in from Corey earlier this week. I just got them the first work of project, so that should be coming out in December. So I would say we're decently ahead of it. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I, I don't you, think I don't think we've thought about spring yet, though. We, we're we're tackling winter. Well, I, I think it's just I mean, especially because he's a sales guy. I think that's kind of I think it's just cool that he's able to participate in that, and you guys have a good little Lennon McCartney thing going there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So are you? Uh, are you a cider person? Are you a beer? Are you a beer guy? What's your, you, know, you have any? I mean, obviously, probably you have some perks being part of it. But you know, what, what do you what are you drinking? What do you when you're creating or just kind of what do you into? I kind of I'm into everything for the most part. I, yeah. I drink Good liquor. Answer. I drink cider. I drink beer. Not that much wine, but it's only because I don't get it. Um, the thing with grass cider is that it's not really like other cider very much in that it's a lot drier, funkier. They're, whenever they pitch to people at like Beer Fest, it's like, if you like a sour beer, you can try their ciders. And it's more like that than your standard alcoholic apple juice. So that I do drink a lot of craft cider. That's good. Yeah. I've, uh, like I said, the ciders have, yeah, have really evolved. I think that that ex- explanation of uh, alcoholic apple juice is probably... 
and it just feels like so long ago that that was how things were but there's there's really it's a right. it's a great period for for the expansion and and nothing but good things of uh we've heard about graph so we'll be it's perfect weather as we go into fall for for some nice cider i mean it's always a good time for a cider mm-hmm. but it just feels like sitting by the fire with the with the cider is a, is a good good problem to have mm-hmm yeah, when Graft first came out, I would say that the taste that it had was actually shocking. Yeah. Like there were people who were trying it and their eyes were, you know, opened up. They're like, whoa. Uh, so, yeah, gra- like ciders come really, really far in just the past three years. Right, because they even have a, a goes cider, which it just the idea of that is crazy. So the fact that they're you know using, you know, which is become a little more uh, quote-unquote popular beer style to utilize that in the, in the cider just shows kind of the level of, uh, you know, creativity that they're working. Mm-hmm. Now, creating, you know, given your, your background and what have you, was, was it easier or difficult to create for, uh, you know, the smaller formats, having to, you know, kind of get all of your, your detail and in, in information in your illustrations for a, just a, such a small can or a canvas, as we like to say. Yeah, and uh, I know that this podcast is called Sixteen Ounce yeah, Canvas. The, you guys the are twelve ounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think when, when we first started working, I think that was a bit of a concern. And after the first few, I got a feel for once I saw the printed final product, I got an idea of how much detail I could go into. And it's really, really not that limiting. The printing that they get is surprisingly fine detail. Um, and, you know, a lot of the graph ciders are, uh, the labels are printed on stickers. And it's kind of like a matte sticker that's rolled onto it. And the detail they get on that is, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly really impressed. The process for getting the cans printed is a little bit different. And there's been, I would say, like 2% lost in translation there. But, you know, what can you do? Now, are you, is it full color? Are you limited to colors? Or do you have a, or you, or you just choose the, the color? The cans, the cans are limited in color, but because my style is limited in color anyways, we haven't had to deal with any major issues with that i think maybe there was one where we had to take one color out and simplify it but um that's like one of those things where i've worked with the graphic designer his name is andrew walters and we've figured that out together yeah i think your your style kind of go, again going back to the screen printing stuff is perfect for that for that limitation of the of the the colors with the the printing so I, yeah, I really, I, I don't look at your art and go, oh, I wish there was more of this color. I think y- your use of the colors is really complimentary, especially the choices that you make with each one. They work really well together, especially to tell your to tell your stories. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, so whatever you're doing, it's working. Cool, thank you. Yeah, definitely. So let's see, let's see. So as someone who's kind of gone into to business for themselves, you kind of, you kind of through your, through your hard work, would you have any kind of advice for somebody getting, getting started, you know, how to kind of, uh, get, you know, it's a, it's a difficult choice to make, right. To go on a, a to, to go into art and design and illustration, but just kind of, uh, somebody maybe 
going into college or just right out of college to uh, who's thinking about making this their their career? Ooh, I feel like I'm <laughs> maybe one of the worst people to give good, encouraging advice about that, this kind of stuff. That's honest. Because I mean, for years out of the gate, out of uh, college, I was working retail. I was working at a store that I really, really enjoyed. So that was that was the bright part. Like it was a small store. Um, shout out to Trove in Baltimore. Uh, but the owner there is amazing and all the staff there is amazing. So I, it was, it was nice to have this steady income. And I was also getting to like exercise some creative juices, uh, like doing window displays and different decorations and stuff like that. So I was working retail and doing illustration on the side. I, I think my biggest advice is just like, don't get discouraged if you're not out of the gate killing it. Mm-hmm. everyone figures it out at different times. And uh, I, I think that's really the most positive thing I can say. It's just that not everyone's going to be at the same speed, but hopefully you can figure it out. Okay. Now, how did you make the jump from Maryland to come to, to, come to Brooklyn? Um, I lived in Baltimore for 10 years. I was coming up on 10 years. So it was just kind of like a change that I needed. Um, I really, really love Baltimore. Um, Would definitely consider moving back there at some point. But just where I was at the time, I was like, I need to change. So I moved a little bit closer to Graft. They're based in Newburgh, which is two hours north of here. I can take a train up to them, um, meet with them if need be. Um, But really, yeah, just switching things up. Seems to seems to have worked well for you. So that's that's exciting. So let's see what else. Um, if you, when you're creating, do you have certain music or is there certain, you know, what's the set us set the scene up? What's what's going on at uh, at Caleb Studio when you're creating? Are you, are you like silence? What's your what's your what's the vibe over there? I can't. I absolutely cannot do silence. Okay. I either am blasting music or I have a TV show on, on my iPad next to my computer. Uh, but it usually has to either be a show that I've seen before or a show that's not that good so that I don't need to be paying a hundred percent attention. Um, okay, yeah, but, yeah. A, a shitty show. That's like, Oh, I love this show. Like for working. Cause it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not a shitty show, but like a a B plus show, not an A plus show. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna have you name any. We're not gonna throw shade on anybody's shows. But what music wise, what are you, what are you listening to when you're just kind of roaming around, or what's on the what's on the, on the playlist? I listen to a lot of pop, not like uh, top forty per se, but Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Empress of Charlie XCX. Banks, Leaky Lee, and then other than that, I actually listen to a lot of hip hop. Okay. So lately, it's been Gunna, Little Baby, um, kind of who ever else is in that mix. Young Thug, Travis Scott. Good. Yeah, that that question, and we always try to make it like it's 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 a nice opportunity for us to get uh, listening to some new music, and then. We custom, we'll customize the episode to, to add some of your, your tracks in there. But and I just find it interesting because oh, yeah. some folks 
we've gotten, I would say the minority is, is silence or maybe get soundtracks or instrumental. That That's a little more common, but majority of folks listen to, listen to some tunes. So it's, it's kind of good. The TV, the movies and background or something that that's another small percentage, but yeah, I don't know. It's a question. That oh I, yeah. I, just, I feel like a, a lot yeah. of my friends listen to podcasts while they work. I, yeah, we started to get that a little more, and I love that folks maybe listen to this, but it's just, to me, I feel it would be distracting, but I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I, I have kids, so I mean, the, the things I can do with crazy noises and things breaking in the background, I guess, is is impressive. But right, yeah, I don't right. know. I don't, yeah, but sometimes some of them, if you really, especially if it's like a history podcast or something with a lot of information, I feel that would be, that'd be a harder experience to, to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only tried, I've only done podcasts just a little tiny bit, but mostly it's music and TV for me. Now, we don't like to plug others, but what, what, any good podcasts you recommend out there? Um, I've been listening to this one that's kind of strange. Um, oh, good. Strange. strange as well. right. uh, the Jesselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project. So I didn't know this guy. Um, I'm forgetting his first name. He's a comedian. He's like a famous comedian, uh, last name Jesselnik. But I knew Rosenthal because he's an NFL reporter. Uh, I'm strangely into football. I didn't grow up on football and I went to art school, so I have no business liking football, but I fell in love with it. So um, it's just a podcast where they talk about like funny new stories and NFL things, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, what's uh, what's your what's your team now? Are you going with the Ravens because you were in, in Baltimore? Oh uh, yeah, still a Ravens fan. Still a Ravens fan. Good. Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia, as I've mentioned a thousand times. But um, yeah, you can't change. No matter where you live, you once you're a team, you, that's who you are forever. So yeah, I agree. I would have. I probably right. would have thought a little less of you if you said, "Well, I moved to New York and now I'm this." I used to be that. I would be like, "Ooh." Caleb, what'd you do wrong? Yeah, I'm I'm completely indifferent to the Jets and Giants. Yeah, well, I mean, my wife. So we have our family split. So my wife is a Giants fan. So we coexist. But um, the Jet, yeah, the Jets are kind of just like a punchline. But the, the Eagles play them this weekend, and they seem to always play down to their competition. So I don't want to, I don't want to count the chickens before they're hatched. But we'll see. But I'm excited for Lamar Jackson. I think he's gonna. I think he's something special. I, yeah, I mean this this year especially it's been crazy. I, I had I didn't expect for him to have improved that much. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the classic second year where everyone kind of catches up to what he's doing, but him and Mahomes have uh, haven't been really been able to be stopped. I think the only do they play that's the only loss they have, right? Is it the Chiefs or am I correct? No, they lost the Chiefs, and last week they lost to the Browns in a really embarrassing fashion. Wow. Sorry, didn't. Work. No, hopefully we'll do better. Yeah, I think I picked him in my uh, survivor pool this week, so we'll see. We may, we may. Or I love... would at some point like to. Keep... Sorry, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. I, I would at some point like to go see a game at MetLife Stadium, just because I think stadiums themselves are pretty interesting. Um, but maybe if there's uh, in a future season a Giants Ravens game, so my friend would be interesting going. Yeah, the good part is, like, if I, if I want to go see the Eagles in Philadelphia, it's really expensive. But then if you go see them against the Giants, it's a lot cheaper. I mean, obviously you have to deal with all the 
the screaming and yelling at you. But um, yeah, from a cost perspective, it, that stadium uh, works out well because the teams haven't been so great lately. So it's uh, it works out. Right. It, it works out in your favor. I'm a big football fan, so we'll see. Like I said, I picked in my survivor pool this week, the Ravens. So hopefully, uh, we'll live to see another week. I just figured they're pretty good, and they lost it. They lost last week, so they should win this week. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think they're playing the Steelers, who don't look that good. Yeah, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but we'll have this. We'll have this immortalized forever with this episode now. So uh, for better or for worse, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now I feel extra nervous. Yeah, right. It's kind of a. I might change my pick. I'm not, I don't know. I still got a couple hours, so. All right. Well, Caleb, I uh, I hope it wasn't too painful for you, man. I really, uh, I really enjoyed. Oh, no, no, totally. I, I really what? enjoyed speaking to you. Um, I don't know, learning about you know the I don't know the screen printing and the pattern thing really kind of. Uh, it was really cool. I think it was kind of like a little behind the scenes on on your your work. You can really kind of see that that influence there, and to be able to, you know, look back at a your. your two classes you really enjoyed in college. I think it's kind of cool to, to see how that's really impacted you. Uh, I don't know. Those teachers should be really proud. You know, they, they have such a resounding uh, effect on you uh, all these years later. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, my friend. I well, think thank that, you for having Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was, uh, it was a no-brainer, like I said. Uh, you're the first – you're our first cider, cidery uh, artist, and uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, to uh, to break to break that first, I don't know. We always find uh, new firsts, and uh, you know, I know it was a little difficult to schedule. And uh, I appreciate you making the time. And uh, yeah, man, and well, I'm in I'm in Brooklyn. Actually, we'll be in Brooklyn on Saturday, but um, I'm going to see a concert. But the next time I'm in there, I'm trying to do sober October. So I would say we get together, but I'd like to get together and have a beer. Um, it'd be kind of, uh, yeah, not as maybe, fun. Maybe November if you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm, yeah, I'm in the city pretty regularly, so, uh, I'll, uh, definitely, uh, bother you and we'll get together. But, uh, if there's anything that we can do to, you know, help promote any of your projects or, you know, what have you, don't hesitate to, to reach out. We really, we really appreciate you making the time to be a part of it. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Have a good one. Bye. And there you have it, folks. The first episode of the 12-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Cider featuring Caleb Lynn, a subsidiary of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. What do you think? What do you think, folks? I was pretty psyched that we, uh, the prediction of the, of, the, of the Eagles beating the Jets came through, and then, then my uh, survivor pool of the Ravens. Not, not feeling as confident this week, so we'll see how that we'll see how that ends up for you. You have a favorite football team, favorite sports teams. Hopefully, it's not the Cowboys, but go Eagles! And uh, we always love to hear from you about a little sports. We're not just uh, art and design; we're trying to keep it keep it interesting on all levels. And uh, we thank you for for putting up with that. We definitely ramble on a little bit, so uh, you know it's always cool. So cider. I mean, it's really exciting to think that there's all these different, you know, artists out there who are doing that type of work too. And it's uh it's a good time to be alive. I mean, whatever you're into, whatever type of beer, you know, especially beers, sour stouts, you know, obviously the IPAs, the hazies, the New England, whatever you want to call it, 
kick it old school with a little West Coast, get your bitterness on. But, you know, it's it's a beautiful time to be alive. There's great beer. There's great people out there. And just uh, each week we do our part. You know, we try to introduce you to somebody new. We try to make you, you know, discover somebody's work, their process, you know, get some inspiration, find out how they did it. And, you know, we hope that, you know, either whatever you're doing in your grind, that these uh, episodes inspire you or they push you, or maybe there's an escape, maybe they're an outlet. Maybe, you know, you listen to us on the way to work or on the train ride home or whatever it is, you know, while you're, while you're mowing the lawn and you just want to kind of get away. So, you know, if you're letting my, letting my, my voice, you know, get into the ear tubes and, you know, help you kind of uh, relax or whatever, um, you know, we thank you for that. So, we, you know, we find out that folks listen, especially some of our, you know, some of the cool intel we get when folks say they listen to it while they're creating. I think it's wonderful. But just, you know, we get feedback and messages from folks of all walks of life. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we're really, we're, we are, you know, I think we say it a lot, you know, but uh, I, feel, I feel blessed. You know, I'm, uh, I'm loving this. And this is a great, you know, positive thing in my life and my family's life. You know, or at least I like to think that they put up with me doing this. And uh, we're just really, uh, really having a good time, and we're just trying to, you know, push the boundaries, see what we can do next. Um, hint, hint, it's New Haven in December 2019. Look for more information on that coming soon. If you're interested in purchasing shirts or any of the glasses that we had, um, whether it was from Hubbub or just our, our Dune Hagger glass, there are some that are still available. We will ship them off to you. We do have a few stickers left. Folks are really digging on those, so we'll have to do another batch of those. Uh, we did, did it in black. And maybe we'll come up with something cool, you know, for the next one. Maybe that's how we'll have our different little mini series, and we'll we'll put some creative stuff behind it. Um, you know, now this guy's got himself a, a new toy to play with, um, especially the the Adobe's. We'll we'll use that as a as a positive. So don't be a stranger. One six ozcanvas dot com, one six ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm AJ. AJ at 16OZCanvas, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. Keep in touch, and uh, let us know what you think. You know, and if you're if you're new here, and this is one of your first times checking us out, you know, we want to thank you for that. We have uh, a lot of episodes for you to kind of catch up on, so don't you know, don't feel that you need to go in any sort of sequential order. It's not a, uh, a storytelling scenario. So we just kind of, uh, you know, we're all over the map, literally all over the world. I think we've got like 12 countries now. We're um, kind of uh, Kevin Bacon with over 200 breweries around the world, and we're just uh, we're having a damn good time, and we're glad you're, uh, you're part of the adventure. So until next week, I'm AJ. This has been a special edition of the 12-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Cider, and that's all. It's really a 60-ounce canvas, but we thought it was kind of fun to, to stick with that idea. Small cans, cider, not beer, different but the same. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. All right. Next week, we'll be here. Hopefully, you will be too.